Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. All true believers love God's Word and love the genuine and undeniable words of prophecy. It seems that most people today may favor prophecy concerning Christ's second coming, but much of the richest prophecy in Scripture concerns His first coming, like these famous words of Isaiah written some 700 years before Christ's birth. Chapter 7, verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and will bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. And chapter 9, verse 6, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government is upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Please stay with us for this extraordinary life study of the Bible with Witness Lee. God's economy is a common thread throughout the ministry of Witness Lee and his predecessor, Watchman Nee. Today's word is no exception, and here with us again to fellowship regarding really one of the most striking portions, I think, in all of Scripture is Ron Kangas. Ron, this portion also brings us to one of the hallmarks of this ministry, doesn't it? It does bring us to a hallmark of this ministry. And using the expression, this ministry, I would like to emphasize the fact that it is our sincere conviction before the Lord that this ministry is today's carrying out of the unique New Testament ministry. And surely this ministry is focused on the wonderful, marvelous, all-inclusive person of the God-man, Jesus Christ. So surely it is a hallmark of this ministry that is, of the New Testament ministry, to focus upon the wonderful person of Christ and what he is to God and what he is to us for the carrying out of God's economy. Ron, I think in addition to these two verses that we read a moment ago from Isaiah, we also need a verse from Matthew to give a proper and complete background to what we're going to get into today. So before we go to Witness Lee, let me read Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 20. And this is the angel of the Lord speaking to Joseph, Mary's husband. And do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which has been begotten in her is of the Holy Spirit. Here's Witness Lee. We have come surely to the two greatest prophecies in the Bible. No prophecy could be bigger than 
any one of these two. Yet, in title, they are very short. A child born and a son given. We have to check who is this child and who is this son. Just this little word child implies a lot. Implies God, implies man. And implies God becoming a man. And even implies God and man mingle together as one. They become a God-man. Isaiah 9, 6 says, a child is born. Without Isaiah 7, 14, I would ask, a child is born, who is this child? Now we don't need to ask. If we would ask, Isaiah would say, I told you already in chapter 7, 14, I give you a sign that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth to tell, whose name is called Emmanuel. So the child is revealed two chapters before. In chapter 7, a child is revealed. Now, in the continuation, Isaiah says, a child is born, not only so, and a son is given. This is a pair. A child, you have to check. Is this a man child or child? If you say, yes, it is the man child because it is born of a virgin. A virgin is human. But you get in trouble. To the end, it says, and he shall be called Emmanuel. God is here. And this little child is God. He is a human child born of a human virgin, yet eventually he's God. Ron, we have these two tremendous verses from Isaiah that Witness Lee has said constitute the two greatest prophecies in the Bible. Why do we need to consider them together to get the full impact of what they convey? Of course, we can study these verses separately, but we don't get the same kind of impact as when we consider them together, because together, in combination, they are a marvelous capsule of revelation concerning Christ as the child born, having his source in divinity and therefore having the divine nature, but also, obviously, being human and having the human nature. If we link this with Isaiah 9-6, we see that this is the way the Son of God was given to us by and from God the Father. Furthermore, we not only understand uh, more concerning how the only begotten Son of God was given, the crucial thing is that by considering these verses together, we see more of Christ in his marvelous divine and human person than we would see if we considered the verses separately. According to my feeling, full impact is a matter of seeing Christ in the Word of God. When we put these verses together and see how they together 
testify to Christ and actually reveal Christ, we are enlightened in a marvelous way concerning the God-man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ron, you mentioned very briefly, and we heard Witness Lee also allude to, but it's a point I'd like to see if you would develop just a bit for us, and that is we have the expression, the child born and the son given. There's a little different emphasis or implication with each of these phrases, isn't there? There is. With the matter of the child born, the emphasis is on an organic process in life to bring a divine and human child into being. As the message has and will point out, he was first begotten in the womb of Mary and then born out of her. So the emphasis on the child born is on the intrinsic aspects of the process organically to bring him forth as this most wonderful person. With the matter of the Son given, the emphasis is less on the organic process of the bringing forth of this one. The emphasis, I believe, is more on the fact that this is a gift. So Isaiah 9.6 needs John 3.16 for its elucidation and interpretation. And perhaps Paul's word in the latter part of Second Corinthians, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. So in Isaiah 9, 6, with the Son given, the emphasis is that the marvelous person, the divine and human child, the God-man, Emmanuel, our Redeemer, is God's gift to us. When we put the verses together, we see the way God gave us Christ in Isaiah 9-6, was through the process of the child being born in fulfillment of Isaiah 7-14. You alluded to a point we're going to explore in more detail now in this coming section, and that is that which was begotten in the Virgin. Let's join again Witness Lee. Based upon Emmanuel, I can say boldly, this is a divine child. But, Due to the human virgin, I could boldly say also, he is a human child. If you are going to understand Isaiah 7, 14 and 9, 6, you have to read Matthew chapter 1. For that which is begotten in Mary was of the Spirit. Before Jesus was born, God was born first. Jesus was born of the virgin. And God was born into the Virgin of what? Of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen this sentence in the Bible? The best translators, they are not translated this way. Some change the word begotten to conceived. Well, conceived is just to be prepared to be begotten. But to be begotten means begetting being begotten. Firstly, your mother conceived you. And then, after nine months, your mother begat you. But, at the first month of the nine months, God was born into Mary. Who was born there? God. That 
which is born of Mary, was of the Holy Spirit. God was born into Mary first. And God stayed there for nine months. Think about it. Then, after this period of nine months, that which was born into Mary came out. He was brought forth. He was delivered out of Mary's womb. And this was who? This was Jesus. It was God born into the mother first. And then the son came out to be Jesus. Now, who is Jesus? Surely he has to be Emmanuel. Then this Emmanuel is what kind of child? A God-man child. Is this God? Is this God? You say, yes, but this is God-man. Is this a man? Yes, but. But what? <laughs> Very good. So, so eventually, who is Jesus? A God-man. Hallelujah. Amen. So marvelous. For 4,000 years in human history, there had never been such a one, which is both God and man as well. Ron, I don't think it's too much to say that this is a point of special emphasis in this ministry, and you alluded to that in your introduction. We're touching in this section the very intrinsic nature of what, or more correctly, who it was that was physically housed in the womb of the Virgin for nine months. Ron, let me ask you just to comment on this incredible realization and cover why this item warrants such an emphasis. I'm glad I'm only asked to comment and not to give an exhaustive explanation because that's something I simply am not able to do because this person is too marvelous. Let us consider again that the object of our attention, especially in this message, is the divine and human person of Christ. He is God. He is man. He is divine. He is human. He is the complete God. He is the perfect man. He is the center of God's economy. He is our Redeemer, our Savior, our Lord, our husband, our life, our life supply, our heavenly high priest, our king. He's everything. As soon as we begin to enumerate, even in part, what the Bible reveals concerning him, we have the proper answer to your question. He is the most wonderful being, the most wonderful person, and is worthy of our utmost attention. Now the comment on this matter of God being born or begotten into Mary's womb. We need to consider Matthew one twenty, Before the Lord was born, an angel spoke to Joseph, Mary's husband, and said, That which is begotten in her is of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source. There is someone spectacular developing within the womb of the human virgin. 
It's a marvel to consider not only the birth of the Lord Jesus, but his development as the God-man within the womb of the human virgin. How astounding, how incredible that the very God, Jehovah, the I Am, would be born into the womb of a human virgin and in the process of mingling divinity and humanity, develop there and be housed there for nine months. What a wonder this is. In our haste to go from conception to birth, we may fail to muse upon Matthew one twenty, and draw out from a careful study of related scriptures something of the significance of God being born, begotten into the womb of a virgin, and we may say living there in such confinement for nine months until he was eventually brought forth as the baby, as the infant Jesus, the child, divine and human. This is all I think I should say in an attempt to testify to the wonder and the marvel of God's coming to us in such an incredible way, conceived, begotten, born in the womb of a virgin, and then born out from her to be the child, to be the son given, to be the wonderful one who is everything to God and should be, in our experience, everything to us. We want to uh, come to that point in this final section today. Certainly this topic and the presentation of these verses do warrant our time and consideration. In the way of musing, I like the word that you selected, but it's to an end, and the end is what we're going to focus on in our final portion. Let's rejoin once again Witness Lee. Isaiah goes on. A child is born, and a son is given. And his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. You think about these items. When you got Jesus, you got so many items. You got Jehovah to be your Savior, to save you from sin, and into himself. And you got this very God with you all the time. And he is the Prince of Peace. He's reigning. He's ruling within you in peace. When you have him, you have peace. You have his ruling, you have his governed, you have peace. When you are mad with your wife, that means you are not in the ruling. Do you have peace there? No peace. If you would suddenly receive the cross and receive him as the prince ruling over you, right away within you, you have peace. Peace comes from this. And then what? You have a counselor. Every day, son of the Lord, I do have a counselor. Not once when I come to Jesus, he says, I'm, I'm busy. Right away, he gives me the counsel. A counselor, a wonderful counselor, 
quite often he gives you some counsels, really wonderful. You cannot dream. Sometimes you may ask the Lord, what should I do with her? The Lord said, you go to smile to her. Just go to smile. Lord, I cannot do that. <laughs> this is the best counsel, to smile. Good enough. <laughs> Everything is settled. The cloud is over, the storm is over, no rain, no wind, everything, okay. He is a wonderful counselor. And he is a mighty God. He gives you counsel. Without him, you don't have the power, the strength to carry out his counsel. He is a mighty God. He can do everything for his counsel. He is able. Not only so, he is also eternal father. Who is this, dear saints? This is altogether Jesus. Amen. Jesus is Jesus, Jehovah's Savior. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Greece. Jesus is the reality. Jesus is our counsel, the counselor. Jesus, the mighty God. Jesus is Eternal Father. Jesus is everything. We want to have one God, but our God is all-inclusive. Yeah. God Amen. is all-inclusive. Whatever you want, whatever you need, whatever you lack, whatever you're short of, He is. Brother Ron, I love this word very, very much. It seems that it is far more than just a theological question. But really, our own experience of Christ and the kind of Christ that we enjoy day by day is very much impacted by this reality. I guess my question is, is that an overstatement? I believe, Chris, it's just not possible to issue any positive overstatement concerning the wonderful person of Christ. Our daily enjoyment of Christ is very much determined by our spiritual understanding or vision concerning Christ. If one day we discover he's the bread of life, then we may now enter into the enjoyment of him as the bread of life. If we never knew he was our lovely bridegroom, but we see from the word that he is, our enjoyment may increase in light of this. So the more we appreciate through the divine revelation in the word, the wonderful person of Christ, the more the reality of this person through our realization will impact our daily experience and enjoyment of Christ. We have an excellent testimony of this in Philippians 3, where Paul speaks of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Paul was willing and actually did count all things loss to have the excellent knowledge of Christ. But Paul goes on in Philippians 3 to refer to the actual experience and enjoyment of Christ. The more we have the excellent knowledge concerning Christ, derived from the Word of God, the more we will experience Him and enjoy Him. Conversely, our experience is limited and in a very real sense determined by the knowledge or revelation or vision that we have concerning Christ. Our goal in this ministry 
is to share the word of God in the way of life so that God's people will see more concerning Christ and appreciate Christ more. The issue of this is a enriched daily experience and enjoyment of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ to consummate the new Jerusalem. This is a great matter. If the new Jerusalem is to be consummated, the body of Christ needs to be built up. If the body of Christ is to be built up, we, the members of the body of Christ, the believers in Christ, need to experience and enjoy Christ richly. But if we are to experience and enjoy Christ, we need to have the proper knowledge concerning Christ that is derived from the revelation of Christ in the Word of God. We are burdened to point out the various aspects of the all-inclusive Christ, in this instance from Isaiah, so that we may know Him and then experience Him and then be one with Him to build up the body of Christ for the consummation of the new Jerusalem. This is the heart of our burden and this life study, and I welcome the opportunity here given to reaffirm it. Ron, this is marvelous fellowship. I only wish we had uh, another hour to devote to it because there's so many things that are touched here. And I don't want to open a theological question as we close, but this matter of our experience being impacted and even directed, even quantified by the amount of spiritual knowledge that we have, genuine knowledge and light concerning the person of Christ, to me is too tremendous. There's a lot of debate today about Christ and his relationship to the Father and the Spirit as, uh, as an extension or just a representative. And it seems like if our knowledge of him, if we know him as a representative, that will be the extent of our experience. But if we know him as, in essence, the very God, then our experience is potentially as vast as God is himself. How is this for a response to your statement? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, our time is up. Today, for Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. 
www.thinkingmusicgroup.com. Thanks for listening.